Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Right. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the Football Ramble. Bail back to Spain, Rashford pricier than Haaland and a huge moment in the women's game. It's Wednesday the 24th of March. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushin Lahantharaja. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble this lovely Wednesday. You styled that out, Vish, you little stylish bugger, you. I know. I had a bit of... Um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but there's this amazing video of Jennifer Lopez going around on the, on the internet. I saw you tweeted it yesterday. Where, <laughs> right. Talk to me. I haven't seen it. She, <laughs> she goes back to her, her family home. Well, where is it? I think it's in Guyana. Oh. Oh. I thought that was in New York. Was it? Uh, oh, I don't know. Well, her isn't her hometown New York? Jenny, well, that's what she sings Jenny about. Jenny from the block, yeah, from the yeah. Bronx. Maybe, well, maybe she's maybe it's all a lie. Maybe but she goes back. Basically, she goes back to her, what used to be a family home, and there's a bloke outside, and she's like, "Oh, I used to live in there." And he went, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> she went, "Jennifer, who's Jennifer?" <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Who's Jennifer Lopez? Absolutely. I'm Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, is your name David? Oh, <laughs> I, 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 that's up until the bit where she says, "I'm my name's Jennifer." I've had that exact experience outside my old house. What? Um, I went. I was walking past. People, my someone old house. didn't know who you were. No, no, no. I was walking past <laughs> my old house, and there was a person standing outside it. This is years ago, and I said for no reason. One of those things would be like, "Why did you say that?" I just went, oh, I used to live there. And he went, he literally who are you? I was like, no one, I used to live there. Did you See say, you later. I'm yeah. Luke Moore from the Football <laughs> Ramble. And I'm Luke Moore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's nice though when you get to see your old house, isn't so my it? My old house was up for sale recently and um, I, my mum sent me the link to it on whatever it is, um, Rightmove or whatever. 
And I was like, oh, it's really exciting. Yeah. And because I lived there for like 15 years and I started clicking through the photos and about five photos in, I was like, no, it's all wrong. Yeah. Put it back to yeah. how it was. I it's don't want to so see it. true, isn't Careful it? what you wish for. It Careful is weird. What you wish for. The same thing happened to me recently, Luke. The house I used to live in in Brighton years ago went up for sale. One of my mates is looking to buy a house in the area and she was like, oh my God, Jules, it's your old house and sent me the link and it's so weird. Like yeah. how they've decorated it is It's awful. clean and everything now, right? Oh, <laughs> Oh, How'd you get the blood out of that? <laughs> yeah. There's not seven dogs in the garden. I'll tell you the answer. Coca-Cola gets blood out of carpet. There you go. I mean, you just said that too Ch- quick. Chilling. Yeah. Absolutely chilling. <laughs> um, by story. the way, um, before we get into the show proper, I want to say to you two, I know you, you two can be very volatile, oh, sat God. opposite each other. We're doing Play Your Pards Right later. And you're going to have to work together. So start thinking about how you're going to team up. We're going to have to work together? Yeah. Is that even possible, Bish? Well, we'll see. Tune in, listeners, and find out. (laughs) Don't ruin it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's what I mean when I say you have to work together is, Vish, you're going to have to sit there quietly where Jules makes all the decisions. You're going to, yeah, basically do what I say, Vish. (laughs) You've got to look forward to that at the end of today's ramble. So play your parts right coming up later. Lots to talk about, though. Um, There was some big news a couple of days ago uh, that the Women's Super League TV deal was announced. And it's a huge huge, huge moment for women's football. From next season, WSL games are going to be showed live on the BBC and Sky in a deal worth around about £8 million per season. Um, Sky are going to broadcast around 44 of the matches with a minimum of 35 being shown across their main channels. BBC are going to have about 22 games across the season, 18 shown on their mainstream free-to-air channels. It's huge, isn't it, Fish? This is big news for the women's game and a bit of a watershed moment, I think, going forward because of the amount of investment this will put not just into what's happening now but for years to come yeah definitely it's the um it's the kind of deal which i think is all the more impressive given that we've been through a pandemic and given how women's football and women's sport in particular has been badly affected by it compared to men's and it is i suppose it's just you know riding that wave really we see that with women's sport and you know i, I cover a lot of women's cricket you see the movement of it and when it picks up speed, it doesn't really stop. And there was a worry, obviously, that the pandemic was kind of bringing it to a halt. And when you're going up an incline, when you stop, you only go down, don't you? Yeah. So to have this, and I think there was there were some reports even that it was it, they could have potentially gone for 10 a season. But with the pandemic, um, you know, they had to kind of play their card rights a bit. And I think play the way... Parts, right? Play your parts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, he's don't not, get Alan No, he's not involved. Yeah, yeah keep him yeah. away from that. <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, the other thing about it is, it sounds like uh, you know I was reading up on um, and how, on how they decided to broach the deal, but I think it, it is a three year deal, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I think uh, Sky and the BBC, or certainly you know whoever had the final say over what was accepted, they wanted more, but they thought, well, actually, we're not going to go for five or six years because who knows where we'd be in three years' time? Why don't we just keep as much as we can yeah, right. in, yeah. in the tank? And I, I think it's really been really smartly done, really well executed. And and yeah, I'm very excited. The free-to-air thing is a huge part of that as well, yeah. Yeah, the free-to-air part is, for me, the the most important point as 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 it relates to the potential future impact because we, it's huge having it on domestic free-to-air TV. We've seen it time and time again in the past. The cultural impact of sporting events is far greater because they're seen by so many more people. Now, I know that um, you know the subscription channels will dominate, particularly football in this country, and we're used to having BT Sports, Sky Sports being sort of synonymous with it. But it is worth remembering that you know the the viewing figures on I don't know Sky Sports for a Premier League game. Um, I was looking at this earlier. 
is um, the average viewership for, for, for Premier League games shown on Sky Sports in the UK during the season before the pandemic mm. was 1.9 million people. I think, it, I think it rose to something like around three on one of the particularly big games. But generally speaking, I mean, which is obviously a lot of people, but if you look at the impact the BBC could have yeah, on things massive. like the World Cup, the Euros, mm. the Olympics, you know, in perspective, having people have access to it is really important. For a lot of different social economic factors as well that we probably don't need to get into now. But if you're in, if you can be a child who's inspired by sport at a young age because you've got access to watching it on TV and seeing your future heroes doing their thing, that's really important. Yeah. But I do I do also think that um, one thing that's got to be mentioned is that the coverage this week was talking about how much of a big watershed moment it is, and you mentioned that yourself, Jules, which I think is fair. It clearly is. It's, it's a big watershed moment to have the biggest broadcast deal for any women's professional football league in the world, I think, isn't it, anywhere? That's obviously massive. It's the first time that the women's rights have been sold separately to the men's game. There we yeah. go. So, that's so, massive. so, so, yeah. so it's big. It's, so there's a lot of big steps being taken here. But it is worth saying that, you know, BT Sport have been covering this for a while. Mm. I mean, it has been, BT have, you know, dedicated airtime to it, dedicated resources to it, and given it a leg up as well. Now, of course, this deal is much bigger and, and we don't need to get into the kind of politics around that, but... BT have done it. I mean, it's not the first time it's being shown. It's just yeah. the first time it's being shown in this one. I think it's worth pointing out that BT have invested a bit into the game as well. 100%. Some, of, but some of the people they've had on the coverage have been. <laughs> I, I wouldn't they. have chosen some of the presenters. Personally. I know, I know, and I think yeah. it got to a point where that it had to be taken out of their hands. They really. inserted a clause in the contract for the new coverage. I think where they said, yes, yes, uh, no, definitely not, definitely not. Stop pointing. <laughs> I think there was also an issue where they thought like we can't really get them to play after the watershed. So mm. we've, I mean, if the, if the <laughs> yeah. presenters aren't going to clean them out yeah. club, then we just yeah. take it off them. Yeah, can we have a bleep button you for live too. TV? No, you can't. <laughs> Honestly, no. I am, I am. You know, all joking aside, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted that we're not going to have the, you know, the women's football on BT anymore because I have really, really enjoyed working on it. It's been so fun. I saw you at a game, didn't I, Vish? We had a bit of fun that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. She, it's funny what she's like when people aren't watching. She's actually all right. Yeah. <laughs> You guys shouldn't be um, associating with outside the ramble environment. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> sorry, just ramble only, ramble only. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, look, it's um, it's been a an amazing thing for me to work on over the last few years. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And also the comparisons to working on the men's game as well, it is different. And it'll be interesting to see how this investment changes the way that the women's game has actually been broadcast. Because at the moment from what I've worked on at BT, and Luke, you make a really good point that this investment that's been made by the likes of Sky and BBC to to gain these rights for the next three years is, you know, a lot of that has been done because of the hard work that's been put in place before by other broadcasters and other very small companies that have yeah. invested a lot of their own time, a yeah. lot of their own money. BT Sport uh, are a huge part of that as well. The amount of investment that they've made in the production. I, like, honestly, you if you don't work in, in TV or radio, it's hard to really understand just how much and how many people work on each individual match and the, the amount of effort that goes into it and that hard graft and and all of that has sort of built up and built up and built up over the years to get the women's game to where it is now. And it's because of all of that that we now have this amazing platform for hopefully more people to be invested in the women's game, for more young girls and boys to be able to watch these incredible athletes and these really talented footballers on TV. Because if you can't see it, you can't be it. So Mm -hmm. how inspirational to be able to have, particularly, like you say, Luke, the free-to-air games on the BBC for these young individuals to watch and to be able to see that and, and, you know, hopefully aspire to be that as well. And I think that, 
you know, working on it over the last few years has been amazing. And, and um, yeah, we're, we're sad to see it go from BT Sport. I'm sure you would be. No, absolutely. I understand that. And, and I think it's obviously come at a really good time because there was a study uh, by the Telegraph's uh, women's sports team uh, maybe a week or two ago, or I certainly saw it a week or two ago, um, showed that women's sport has been disproportionately affected by the pandemic, particularly in terms of days of activity, whether it be training or playing games, has been lost. Um, far more than, than the men's game. A lot of that's um, down to facilities and stuff exactly, as well, isn't it? Exactly right. So so that's really important as well. So it's come at a good time. But also what what ha- needs to happen over and above that is that it needs the money needs to be invested in the right place. Yes. Because it will be clearly much more beneficial for the long-term future of the sport if it can become self-sustainable. So if you can get access to people who want to watch it, people who want to participate in it, people who want to play it, the, 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 obviously the money being invested will mean the standard gets higher and it's mm. a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like a whole loop, feedback loop, where the thing gets better and better and better. Yeah. And, and we shouldn't forget in our coverage of, of the game and the women's game, that it, you know, fit, women playing football is effectively banned by the FA for like decades. Yeah. So of course they're going to be way behind where the men's game is because the men's game is a phenomenon. Really, the men, men's football in a global sense, it's a bit of an outlier anyway. It's by far the most popular sport in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's not even close, really. I know you have different pockets of American sport and obviously cricket's massive in the subcontinent, all the rest of it. But football is the biggest sport in the world and men's football predominantly is is why that is. So is it necessarily beneficial to compare the two things when, when women's football's had nowhere near the start or the tradition or the history that the men's games had? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the um, the other important thing to this is that if you look at the structure of um, women's football in the UK, it's strong at the very top and then you don't need to go too far down to find areas that, that need drastic improvement. And I suppose specifically if you go to what would be essentially the fourth, fifth tier, um, you know, my partner used to play for Leighton Orange. She used to captain them. She was a coach as well of their reserves by the end. And, you know, they play a high standard football. Jules, I think you know someone who plays for Leighton yeah, Orange as I well. Do, yeah. yeah, Play really high standard of football, but the the barriers, not least with facilities, but also in terms of when you get up to a level and you reach that kind of semi-pro level, you're at a bit of a tipping point, really, mm-hmm. where you can choose to go one way, but actually it's not beneficial to try and strive for professionalism. So hopefully this deal, there will be some trickle down. It wouldn't need to trickle down particularly far, but where it can just make the system that little bit more sleeker. Um, and also I was thinking about it from, I suppose, like my, specifically my corner of the industry, you know, written media. And, like you know, Jules, you, you obviously will know this because you'll see it at games, but the majority of people who cover WSL games, whether that's reporting, uh, doing the audio, doing pieces to camera, they're predominantly women. And it has been a great way for more women to get into journalism. Yeah. If you look at, I suppose some of the more prominent um, female journalists who write a lot about the WSL now, I'm thinking like Susie Rack of The Guardian, Molly Hudson at The Times, Emma Katie Sanders. Wyatt. Katie what I mean, um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, Katie Flo Wyatt. Lloyd Hughes as well. Sorry? Flo Lloyd Hughes. Flo Lloyd Hughes, yeah, yeah. Um, does a lot of stuff for Talk Sport, doesn't she? Yeah. And like, at the Independent, we've got um, Jesse Parker Humphreys, who freelances for us, and they do um, bits where they can. But basically, the fact that I could name them is kind of part of the problem, isn't it? But what it does, or what we've seen from women's football and women's sport in general... It's a much safer space, a space where people feel more comfortable, where they can come in and get that move into the industry. Because a lot of those people I've named cover men's football as well. And what you're going to see is when, with, with it more on TV, with it gaining more prominence, more people are going to have to cover it. And I think that's the way you get big broadcasters, big publications to really 
invest time into it. You know, you, we've invested the money. Now it's time for us to invest the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited, I, and it's. I think it will, and should be good. It's a good point. I, I think going back, circling back to the, the Levy and figures thing. I mean, I was just thinking while Vish was talking there about um, the Women's World Cup a couple of years ago, mm. and that felt like a big event at the time. Mm. It was so uh, good. Yeah. I so mean, that good. was obviously covered on the BBC. There was something like 28 million people watched it. The England USA um, semi final, wasn't it? The USA one two yeah. one. And that was watched by loads of, that was watched by like 12 million people on, on the BBC. So the appetite is there. People do mm. want to watch it. So we've got to be careful about things like scheduling and giving people a fair crack of the whip and all that type of stuff. Um, but the fact is that Sky are going to broadcast it on their main, they've committed to broadcast it on their main sports channels. The BBC, yeah. I'm sure, will will do, well, I mean, the BBC haven't really got that that many other different options. So, so it'll be, it'll be a, I think it'll be a really seismic um, I think that's, um, that's a really good point, actually, Luke, about the, the scheduling of it, because... Um, what BT have done in the last couple of months is they moved a couple of their women's fixtures to Friday night. So mm -hmm. the Manchester Derby was on a Friday night about a month or so ago. Yeah. And it was amazing. I like, I was so excited that there was a Friday night football match in the WSL and, you know, sat there like I would prep to, to watch any Premier League game. And it was, it was really great to have it in that real prime time spot. But it is important that that's all the stuff that they have to think about in terms of getting that right so that, as you say, there's going to be that visibility and as many eyes watching it as possible for all the reasons that we've already outlined. But um, it's a really exciting time. More women working in football, more people hopefully aspiring to these footballers and seeing more female footballers playing the game as well. And also just having even more football on the telly. What more could we want? Yeah, and I think absolutely right. And I think scheduling is really important more broadly because a lot of the world, particularly the entertainment world, which sport is an extension of, is about it's about messaging, it's about PR, it's about marketing yourself. You know, why is um, the darts so popular? Well, it's really popular because in the evenings, in a massive arena, get pissed, can't you? People, yeah, yeah, yeah that's hammered. part of it. And it's and it's on, on over Christmas. <laughs> Jules knows. Look at that straight in there. <laughs> so over Christmas, when people yeah, are doing yeah. anything else, right? So when I went to the football ramble tour live and it was at Ali Pali, I was so excited because I thought. This is where they do the darts, yeah. and I've always wanted to go there for the darts. But instead, I went to football. What was she yeah, like in the crowd? Well, about, first of all, there's about a tenth of the people there that would be the darts. Um, <laughs> Jules was um, she. She basically turned up late with like a handbag um, with a little dog in it. No, um, I did not. Sat in the front row, sighing really loudly. <laughs> yeah. Then afterwards, came backstage, took all the beers and all the food from the that backstage bit, bit is correct. and left. <laughs> well, it's funny, like when when she was talking about all the all the effort that goes into putting games on. That's just her roadie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh. The overheads will be a lot lower now. It's not a beauty sport. Oh, it's an it's an amazing time for the women's game. It's so, great. Um, it's fingers exciting. crossed, it all works out well. And I, I think, look, the in, the important thing is the investment in the game, and let's hope it gets invested in the right place because what we have seen particularly in this last year is so many games being called off because pitches aren't yeah. good enough and that training facilities aren't good enough for these women so let's hope that the investment starts from the bottom and, and comes up as well 100%. so um yeah positive stuff right let's move on and talk about well I, I, we we go from that to the world's most expensive footballers and um this is um been done by a research company football researchers i imagine them as like a bunch of nerds sat at computers typing up all You think numbers. everyone's a bunch of nerds, yeah. though, don't <laughs> no, you? Don't. Yeah. The CIES Football Observatory um, have basically... Do you the way she said that? Yeah. The vitriol. Football Observatory. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They've put together some research and um, done a little tally of the most expensive tally. players... <laughs> For God's sake, yeah. um, in the world, and it's Marcus Rashford yeah. ahead of Erling Haaland. Um, That's you guys, insane. So I'm in a slightly different position to you guys, and because and you're a nerd. No, because <laughs> I'm not really a professional broadcaster 
per se, like you two are. So you guys are really quite big in the game. (laughs) Not bitter at all about losing the WSL. (laughs) Exactly. Um, the the, um, the the CIES Football Observatory. I'm not. I'm not necessarily paid to know what this is. Right. So I've looked it up online. They look like a bunch of um, sort of weird Bond villains in some kind of chateau in Switzerland who just occasionally pump out reports about different aspects of football. But I don't really know what it's for or what it does. No, I'm not sure and, either, and, to be honest. I don't know case, why you'd think me and Vish would Hand it over to Vish then, because Vish is a professional journalist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get a lot of... I'm just opening my work emails now because I get a lot of PR emails from them. Yeah, they're actually a great PR company. Yeah. Because I've never heard of anyone involved. Because they, they're... Um, you generally get these these kind of things around international breaks where people need a lot to fill. Yeah, and true. so like, if you Google... CIES football laboratory. Do we have to uh, observatory? Sorry, do we have to laboratory. say that like Solly March? Say again. We have to say it like Solly March. We've got to say the Every whole time. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. time. But yeah, if you Google the CIES <laughs> football observatory, you'll find a load of news stories done by people who, you know, including probably the Independent actually, who are a bit like, "Fuck, it's international break. What, do, what the hell yeah. do we do?" Yeah. But so, so what they've been doing, I suppose, is they've been do, calculating a load of different giving bits us of data. Yeah. Well, true. Giving us a load of little. Yeah, I mean, we're no different, are we? <laughs> we're part of the problem. Um, a load of different data. Uh, and to establish who the most expensive players in the world is. I suppose it's about contracts, wages, length of contract, ability, all that kind of stuff. And Marcus Rashford is apparently, yeah, like you said, the most expensive player in the world, according to them. This is mad. Mm. How do they get this information as well? How do they get the details of these contracts? Because this feels like it's like illegal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Jules, you're looking for a conspiracy theory. Right? Yeah, I, am, I, I really yeah. am. Um, Bakayo Saka was rated as the third most expensive player in the Premier League, according, uh, sorry, accounting for 20% of Arsenal's squad value. He's 19 years old, guys. That kind of makes sense. Isn't that because, isn't it? Isn't doesn't he have that other players? Be- yeah, there's that as well. But isn't it because he's 19 that he's so expensive? Well, yeah, I guess so. Because then, yeah, it correlates to how long you've got left of your career yeah. and how much you're going to be worth eventually. And Big Trent was but, in there as well, yeah, I saw, in the Trent. top 10. Big, big, ten, big Trent Alexander-Arnold was the most expensive defender. Tell Gareth Southgate yeah, that. Pathetic. By Southgate. Going for Sergio Giorgini right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, our expensive yeah. Trent. I um, also saw Steven Gerrard... Um, Piping up about that, didn't he? Did he? What did he say? He said, because Trent Alexander Arnold was obviously left out of the England squad. He said, um, He's my I'll, boy. I'll always be there for Trent. It goes oh. without saying, any second of the day, I wouldn't make the first move. What? Yeah, weird. You can't what? say you wouldn't make the first move. If you're trying to play it cool, you don't say, I'm trying to play it cool. Actually, yeah. Trent Alexander Arnold got so pissed off about not being picked up for England, he agreed to go to Rangers on loan. <laughs> Is that what Stephen Gerrard's like angling for it? I think he is, yeah. yeah. They were quite close when they were, like, um, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold has said that he used to watch Gerrard in training and, like, you know, I was going to say fancied him, not like that. What? Yeah. But as in, like, he used to watch him in training and be like, oh, God, I want to be like this bloke. Yeah. Um, and Trent Alexander played a bit in midfield when he was coming through the youth system at, uh, at Liverpool. And I, I reckon Gerrard is just just tugging on that string a little bit. That happens a lot more than people think. It doesn't get mentioned enough. The only time it ever really gets mentioned is... What do you mean? The, what happens? Well, like the mentoring of, of younger players by, right. by senior players. Yeah. Like, um, well, we talked about it on this show a while back about Declan Rice and Mark Noble. Declan Rice actually said it again on the TV the other day, talking about, um, I think it was when Mark Noble announced that he was going to retire. Like It happens, I think, a lot. Um, 
so I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if there's a, come some kind of mentoring system at most Premier League clubs. Yeah, the the, the one that's... the same way you're mentoring Vish, Jules. <laughs> yeah, is that mentoring? <laughs> that's um, a microphone, Vish. It's very, yeah, it's the stick more than the carrot, which is. I, would, I, would, I, would, I, I know what the microphone is. When he showed me the knife, I got a bit scared. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the more surprising um, mentors in the Premier League has been Lacazette at Arsenal. All the younger players at Arsenal um, is that right? always cite Lacazette as someone who, who um, really right. looks after them. Yeah, not the bloke who. He's a club captain who turns up late for games. <laughs> yeah. but, um, well, Andy yeah. talks about Zlatan doing it at Milan as well. And um, uh, James Ward-Prowse was Southampton's most valuable asset. Was which he? tells you everything you need to know about Southampton. <laughs> so, yeah. Who would be Pompey's? <sighs> What's his name? Jonathan Portsmouth? What's <laughs> his name? <laughs> Colin, <laughs> John PFC, Colin Portsmouth. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Westwood. Yeah, it could be. Who's the most valuable member of the Ramble? Oh, God, it's got to be... Probably Marcus, yeah, the OG, isn't it? Marcus, I'd yeah, say, yeah, I'd say, yeah. yeah I'd say so, yeah. The spell dog. You're fuming about that. No, I'm happy with that. It keeps him. He's happy. not, is he? He's a ticking. Really if he's happy, I'm happy for sure. I thought we said not Marcus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right there we go. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got another one of your brilliant jingles and some more fun ramble stuff. Cinemo. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This week at Sukarnov... On WrestleMe, Mark Haynes has been telling me about the world's tiniest man. So. Like, you wouldn't remember that guy <laughs> coming in. Flobbing in. Like, the big pancake. Massive sort of soft biscuit. <laughs> yeah, are you sure he's six inches? Do you remember him? Do I remember him? Do I? <laughs> right, then he isn't six inches He's tall. got a very unique body. <laughs> you can also join me on the Luke and Pete show, where me and Luke have been trying to come up with excuses for our poor hairstyle choices. Now, more than any other era of my life, I care less and less about what other people think. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I think we're at the time of life where we've probably got more disposable income than we had 10 years ago, and we don't give a shit about what anybody thinks, and that's how midlife crises begin. 
I buy this stupid thing. I've got a scooter now. I'm wearing a ponytail. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. I've got a little one. (laughs) (laughs) Banter. And I said, I know that, Sean. Just banter. Why do you need to play that when Jules is in the studio? You know what? They set me up with that one. We did not know that was coming. Yeah. Naughty. So to speak. Naughty. Um, Um, Yes, time for your emails. Now, um, you guys have been amazing, by the way, sending in some of your jingles so that we can get rid of Pete's old one. Um, (laughs) And honestly, some of these are just so good. Today's jingle comes from Matt Baker, who wrote in and said, My mate once told me I have a great backing vocal voice, which was a hell of a backhanded compliment. He's now writing songs for artists such as BTS and Zara Larson. Whilst what? He, yeah. Whilst here I am making jingles referencing old Harry Hans keys. <laughs> Who's the real winner here? Uh, he says, keep up the top work. Cheers from Matt. So Matt, let's hear your jingle. Here it is. How do you get the keys mentioned? Where's that? So, daft little email jingle, slip oh, little email jingle, yeah. fuck off. Should, should I play it again? Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. One more time, Matt, just for you. It's got a bit of the um, kind of 90s grunge about it as well. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. put something on his voice there. Yeah. A bit of robotics bit on of, that. A bit of Bane. A bit yeah. of Puddle of Mud. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. Vish didn't like it because he didn't mention Vish's, Vish's voice about 50 times like the last Well, one. no, because because uh, when you said there was a, you know, there was a keys reference to it, I was, I was listening out for very different things. <laughs> <laughs> it was punchy though. I liked it. Yeah. Good, wasn't it? It was, it yeah. It too long, which is crucial as yeah. we learned from yeah. Pete over yeah, exactly, the last exactly. many years. Mm. I would not take this Pete email slander. Uh, this mm-hmm. is an email from Jake Shawville emailing on the subject of airflow to footballs which we talked about on Tuesday's show or shoot fives as they were known locally to me whilst playing out in the street when he was around eight or nine a friend of mine managed to strike one of these balls so purely that it smashed the rear window Mm -hmm. on a Mercedes parked on the street I'm not having that there's no way that happened we called them shoot fives as well Yeah, and for those who weren't lucky enough or fortunate enough to play with them when you were a kid they, it would be impossible to break any kind of window with one. That's the whole point of them. So I'm saying to Jake, I'm calling it out and saying that Mercedes must have had a cracked window anyway. Yeah. There's, okay. there's no way anyone's... So, you, you could find... find. You know, remember when Roger Nangler scored that goal for Belgium against Wales? Yeah. For miles out into the top corner. Right? <laughs> he could strike the ball that hard and it wouldn't break a window. As in this particular ball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shoot five. It wouldn't happen. They're, t- they're really, really light. Shall I read the rest of the email? No, if he's going to continue lying. What, what you're trying to say, Luke, to Jake Is that he's a liar? Is, are you sure, Luke, Jake? Luke, <laughs> that's what you're saying. That's, that's why they fucked it up. That's why they've taken it off, BT. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go on, carry on. Oh, finish off then. He instinctively <laughs> ran away and hid, was caught, caught immediately, and his dad made him pay for the window by keeping his weekly pocket money of £2.50. It took him just over three years to pay it off. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. That's, uh, Luke's it, not having any Well, of if it. it did happen, then 250 for pocket money. Yeah, depends when it was, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find that very hard to believe. Look, maybe Jake can give us more information. I'm being I diplomatic. don't know. I have never seen one of these balls, so I don't... I you, you know you can get them in the beach. You know, they like they sell them on... Um, you know, on the, the, the seafront, yeah. they sell them in those well, nets. Like a, like, it's like a little plastic ball. It's really yeah. light, full of air. You sometimes get them at petrol stations as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. One of them. Yeah. yeah. That's, Broke a window, apparently. That's not going to happen. There we go. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm with to, you, Luke. She's team more. Great to see it. Bitch, do you think it's real? No, no, I think it's a lie, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I was thinking back to uh, the, the best thing about them was re- trying to recreate the Roberto Carlos, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. All you need to do is put it as hard as you can. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, I don't know, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't think, or, you know, it certainly was pre-broken. I think someone's had you on there. Right. Yeah, but I think it's probably fair. Unless Jake saw it with his own eyes, in which case he needs to provide, provide more information. It's as mm. simple as that. Um, there's been inundate, we've been inundated with um, correspondence as well about me misattributing a plot <laughs> point. I'm glad you said that word because I thought that said something else. Yeah, I read it I'm sure you did, yeah. Uh, what would you, that thought, you thought it said Luke masturbating a plot, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, may I continue? Go. Yeah, okay. Um, about, so I, I talked last week, Fish, you were on the show about... Um, Don't look at me like that. Yeah, give her a minute. Um, we talked about Only Fools Norses, right? The, 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 the old boy and Only Fools Norses having the two dates on the same night, right? And apparently it didn't happen, right? So loads of people got in touch, emailed in, saying that Luke's talking shit, as usual, fine. <laughs> um, Tim, Tim Gould emailed in saying, I'm pretty sure Luke is thinking of an episode of Goodnight Sweetheart where Nicholas Lindhurst, a.k.a. Rodney from Ronnie Falls Norses, is having dinner with his wife in the 90s and then jumps out the toilet window in the restaurant, going back to the wartime era via the time travel alleyway, which was the whole plot of the show, um, to have dinner with his other wife there, and then goes back and forward through the eras. Um... So it could be that. I think it probably was that. Um, I've never heard of Goodnight Sweetheart. Oh, it's, it's not very good. Right. Um, Why do you watch it then? Who? Me? Yeah. I don't know, really. I think it was the 90s. The TV wasn't <laughs> as good then, was it? Um, but anyway, Josh, as, however, well, should, as a very, very special mention for Josh, who got in touch, Josh Denewell, who said, basically, to cut a long story short, has he said he's a, he's a big TV and film nerd, and he spends all his time watching film and TV, and he's basically given us a list of all the different uh, programs and films that this does happen. Right. Oh, I like that. But, yes. only, but, but the only one I picked, it seems, it didn't happen in, which is only Falls Norse. <laughs> so he, so Josh reckons the the following TV or films, TV shows or films have had that exact plot point: a man trying to go on two dates on the same night, uh, two dinners on the same night. I feel night. like I've seen that somewhere. It's so a big yeah, trope. Let's only. see so which, if it's one of these. The, well, the early two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never been on a date. <laughs> no, not the same time. <laughs> Ready? The Nutty Professor, Cheers, and its spin-off Frasier, Eight Simple Rules, Saved by the Bell, Friends, Simpsons, Futurama, The Brady Bunch, Mrs. Doubtfire, Blackadder, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Twenty Seven Dresses, and both the TV and film versions of Superman. So it's been on everything. I've seen basically. all of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I must have just got confused. Anyway, thanks very much for clearing that up, Josh. The one good thing about this show is that if you make a mistake. People will always tell you. Yes, that is very <laughs> true. Oh, we love all your emails and we love your jingles as well. Keep them coming in. Show at footballramble.com. Uh, right, let's talk about Bex. Come on then. International break. Any excuse to talk about David Beckham, Ovs. Mm. Um, look, he's going big in this Inter Miami project, isn't he? It's um, quite big. Yeah. Well, I mean, Phil Neville's it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. Phil Neville's a man. Listen, he wants Messi and Ronaldo there. And yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's far off. You no, know what? No one else is going to pay that money in when, this COVID market, are they? When I saw that, I thought... He's got Kieran Gibbs. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. When I saw that, I thought, like, to be fair to him, he hasn't put a, a time constraint on that. No. And, you know, happen. when they're 45... I, no, I, th- I think... Uh, if you've achieved everything you want to achieve in the game... Why not go to Miami? 100%. It's on board. I I'm would. on board for that, yeah. I'd go but now. But what's happened here is David... <laughs> but right now... Right now. Yeah. Charlie, <laughs> um, start the car. Um, no, what's happened here, though, Vish, is that David Beckham has called up his... The, a, the agent he's using oh, here. Right. And he's opened the catalogue and he said, I want Ronaldo, Messi mm. and Neymar. 
and the agent sucked through his teeth like a plumber visiting your house. <laughs> said, I haven't got the tools in the van. I can do you a Kieran Gibbs. We should tide you over. But I'm going to warn you now, you're going to need to call me back in a year or so because that's going to go again. All right? And so he's got Kieran Gibbs. And Ryan Shawcross. Yeah. And by the way, how pissed off are you if you're Kieran Gibbs or Ryan Shawcross <laughs> that the big story about this is not that you're signing for David Beckham's into Miami, it's that David Beckham in the future might want the world's best players. Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much. Just treating them like phones. I'm going to upgrade this in a year, aren't I? <laughs> I don't know what Ryan, if Ryan Shawcross will know what to do in Miami. To me, that's the weirdest move ever. I might be disrespecting him, but to me, it feels like a strange... Have you been to Miami? I haven't, no. Vish? No, I've never been to the West Coast. Oh, no, it was on the East Coast. On the East. Oh, East Coast, sorry. I've, I've always been South. to the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, hold on. Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your wife's Where? from Washington State, right? No, no, she's from um, New York, New Jersey. Oh, okay, right. So what, how are you getting confused about where Miami Yeah, I don't is? know. I got, I got really confused. I just thought hot and I was like, right, that size. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've been to Miami. I have you? been to Miami. Amazing place. Tell us more. Uh, well, it's, um, it's quite... It's quite Hispanic, actually. It's quite Spanish. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why would you say it like that? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 in a good way. Like, people speak to you more in Spanish than yeah. they do in English. Tell us more about so things weird. that everyone apart from you knows. What do you mean? <laughs> everyone knows that. Oh, right. It's got a massive Latino <laughs> population. That's what it's known for. Um, you, it was almost you? like you, you went there, like, no one speaks I English. Really know, like, <laughs> it's like London, no one speaks English. <laughs> Couldn't get a fry up, could I? <laughs> um, did they do a good pint of Guinness there? <laughs> I don't drink Guinness, so I wouldn't know. Um, you dress no, like a part uh, of Guinness. For football's, on in the mo- <laughs> football's on in the morning. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I love Miami. It's a good place. Hot weather. So um, you go there. You would go there for sure. What else to say? What, what, what do we to say? It's, um, yeah, it's a nice place. I've done Will Smith told me it was um, yeah. full of Dominican women with cinnamon tan. So I was like, yeah. well, brilliant. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there you, you go. Welcome to Miami. Well. Yeah, no, decent place. I mean... Like you're saying, if you are at that stage of your career where you've achieved so much and you want to go and just basically play your last couple of years in Miami, hundred percent. I don't. Why th- the hell not. I don't think the venue. I don't think the venue of Miami. I don't, right. I don't think going to Miami on holiday is a bad thing at all. I would encourage it. You, you I, don't even know where it is. No, exactly. Miami. Yeah. How would you even know you were there? <laughs> <laughs> oh look, it's the Miami Bridge. Um, <laughs> But what I would say is, if you're a fan of... Go see the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Go to... Miami Canyon's lovely this time of year. <laughs> what I would say is, though, if you're a fan of Inter Miami, or if you're a fan of the MLS in general, when you're hearing the name of these players coming over, when you're hearing Ryan Jorkos saying, I was going to retire, but then they came calling, you're going to be a little bit worried... Yeah. That maybe the football, maybe the product, because, maybe the thing that they should be there for because isn't going to be priority. Let's make this absolutely clear. Ryan Shawcross had an amazing career, was capped for England, etc. But I am making this absolutely clear to everyone now. <laughs> the only way MLS fans are going to know who Ryan Shawcross is is because he broke Aaron Ramsey's leg. And that, I think that's fair, is yeah. not a massive ringing endorsement for a player. Um, he also ended up in the net for Zlatan Ibrahimovic's ridiculous. In his only England cap against Sweden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But what 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 is worth worth saying? Probably put that on a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Picture of him flailing in the net. Yeah. Welcome, Ryan. The thing is, though, yeah. like Ryan eight, the tuna <laughs> I like thirty-five-year-old Messi is still better than like oh, yeah. some other players. And aren't they? well, what I was going to say was before you get too full, everyone everyone gets too snobby about it, despite all the, obviously the jokes we're making. There was a time when the Premier League was like this, when players would only only consider coming to um, the Premier League if they were a bit down their luck, uh, were having a bit of a difficult time of it, or coming to the end of their career. And it took the Premier League a long time to get up to where it is now. So it's it's not to me, it's no different to the to the same process. But I, I think the MLS 
by and large, is is better than that. I think I think it's better than what Inter Miami are doing. I think that's my main issue it's just with it. MLS, not the MLS. <laughs> yeah, people will get pissed off at you if yeah. you say that. Well, I mean, he already doesn't know anything. <laughs> Would you like to go to the Miami soon? <laughs> you you can go get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> You've broken him. He's lost, he's it's not going to go well with player parts. No, right? Whereas, yeah, we've got more press. I've I've done my best through this last half an hour or so to this really is, wind Fish up. This, this is like six pints and a kebab before a football <laughs> match. The preparation's been terrible. Good lord! And um, speaking of football matches, there are some World Cup qualifiers later. Um, Obviously, the big talking point is Gareth Bale just winding everyone up um, and saying he's basically going back to Spain. Um, were you as surprised by this than a lot of Tottenham fans were, Vish? Because really, I mean, the terms of his deal were just a loan to the end of the season. So why is everyone so shocked? Yeah, I, I wonder if a lot of the coverage of this yesterday was was quite disingenuous. Because I think Quite mischievous, I thought. Yeah, because yeah, I think Spurs, by and large, Spurs fans in particular, they've known the score. They know he came and he wasn't playing as much, so therefore he needed to build back up and they know... Obviously, it wasn't ideal the length of time it took, but they appreciated the guy they were getting wasn't the Gareth Bale that left them. Um, I also thought that, you know, they were, I'd, I'd say kind of the average football fan now is, is has a pretty good idea of the economics of football, not least their own club. And I think the wages that he was on, the fact that he's going to be 32 in July, probably made them think this will be nice for a season, it'll be a bit of backup up top. But do we really want him long term? Like, what are you going to give Gareth Bale? Ideally, you'd probably think he'd want a three-year deal. Do you think Spurs are going to give him that with that kind of money that he's on, even if he took a hit? Even if Real Madrid wanted to take a hit on the transfer because he's got a year left on that deal? So, yeah, I, I didn't think the the coverage of it was... I, I think the coverage of it was deliberately, um, you know, trying to spark something up here. Mm. Um, but to be fair, I did see some Spurs fans on my timeline who I'm, who I'm mates with who was who were quite put out. <laughs> well, no, they're on my timeline, so I just follow them on Twitter. So they might not technically be mates. They might not like me saying that I'm... <laughs> I've mates with them actually, but a few of them were a bit like, well, that's. I think the fact that he said it and there's still, you know, a decent chunk of the season to go, and Spurs are still trying to get something out of this season. They've probably thought, oh god, his mind's elsewhere. But I think he, I thought he was just saying that as it is. Yeah. And I think if you saw the video clip as well, he was asked a question. He answered it pretty uh, straightforwardly. I, I, I completely agree, and I think that th that's the term of what he's at Spurs for till the end of the season. Until that changes, and maybe Spurs say, actually, we want you for longer. And then of course he's got to say, well, I'm going back to Spain because that's what the term is. Also, I mean, you've got to be completely deluded if you think he's going to sign for Spurs long term because it means he's going to have to take a massive wage cut, and nothing he's done in his behaviour in the, however many years he's been at Real Madrid suggests he wants to do that. So. It's going to involve a huge climb down on wages from from him to do to do it. There's no way Spurs will get him otherwise. Mm. And uh, like you say, it's, it's a, I mean, I, I, but my personal opinion on whether he should go back to Real Madrid or not is that I don't think he should. I think he should try and go in somewhere where he can play. And I think he should. I think you're a long time retired. He's made enough money anyway. He's multi, multi, multi millionaire. He's made more money than he's ever going to spend. Of course, these are his decisions to make, not mine. But my opinion is. You're a long time retired. And so he should go somewhere where he can play regularly. We've seen what happens at Spurs in recent weeks when he's been given a, a time to actually get up to match fitness and play. He's played mm. much better. He's, his performances and his contributions have been through the roof. When he goes back to Real Madrid, what's going to happen? They're not going to want him more. Now he's a year mm. older. Mm. Zidane, if he's still the coach, isn't going to want to play him more. They're Real Madrid. Mm. So essentially what he's admitting, really, if we're being totally honest, He's just going to go and pick up his money, which is absolutely his decision. But he isn't going to play there. Mm. So if he wants to play football, he should go somewhere else. I'm not saying it's, it has to be Spurs or whatever. And that That's might going to involve a pay yeah. But it's going to involve a pay cut because no one yeah. else is going to give him that contract now, yeah. particularly in the post-pandemic world. Yeah, and the, and the other part of it is um, was that you know he said that he wanted to 
play for Spurs because he wanted to be match fit for the Euros, which again is fine. Players do that all the time. Um, it's one of the reasons that, you know, loan periods at this time, you know, we saw, saw a bit with Deli Ali where it's quite, um, you know, it does happen quite a lot and players do move. That being said, having, you know, um, lamented the coverage of it a bit and saying it's a bit cheeky, I saw someone tweet that Gareth Bale joined Spurs because all the gyms were shut. And I quite like that. <laughs> and they also made the point that it is cheaper than getting a Peloton. So uh, Very true, very yeah. true. Well, look, I mean, fair play to him. Look, he, he has got himself into a position now where he probably is fit for the Euros. And obviously this game tonight against Belgium, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough match for Wales. Um, very good Belgium side at the moment, of course. And I love Roberto Martinez so much. I worked with him recently and he's just like the nicest guy. So um, He seems like that. I was going to ask actually like if you've been best, working with him. The best guy and knows everything about every footballer ever to exist. Who's that, sorry? Roberto Martinez. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, do reckon, what do you reckon he says about you behind your back? Try and find the jingle for play your parts right. <laughs> Can't find it. What do you think, what? What do you reckon he says about you behind your back? I think he would have said I was very professional at my job. Yeah. To be fair, Jules is... Pre- I mean, we've done radio shows together, Jules, and she is pretty professional. Yeah, she's Well, right. we're not professional on the Ramble. Yeah. Does this not count? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, World Cup qualifies to look forward to a bit later. Um, so, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, actually, speaking of Roberto Martinez, um, he talked about his Belgium career on Between the Lines with our very own Melissa Reddy just a few episodes ago. So if you haven't listened to that yet, it is a fascinating listen. So find it in your podcast app. Um, right before we go, it's time for me and Vish to work together in Play Your Partner. <laughs> I mean, it's just right? not happening, is it? It's going to be the last ever episode of the Football Ramble. <laughs> Barton might have gone, and Trevino did. Why Barton? Well, because he grabbed him by the throat. Well, I just thought that, uh, firstly, the guy's dived. <laughs> Great bit of pun. No, no, no production team has been more disappointed by anything than the fact that Pardew saying what he said to um, Manuel Pellegrini, you know, shut your noise, wasn't <laughs> actually recorded anywhere. And you can't get an audio of it, because that would have been the jingle oh, for Play Your Pards, right? So but sadly, <laughs> unless anyone out there has got it, um, we can't have it, so um, we have to go with that for now. Um, isn't isn't it weird? I, I was looking up um, that incident where Barton got sent off against. Um, uh, well, Barton got sent off for, for grabbing uh, Javinho by the throat and I think slapping him or something. Classic. But when I just thought I remind myself of that incident because it was obviously quite entertaining. It's involving lots of different kind of interesting characters. And um, the only thing I could find on Google, really, all, all the first hits on Google were the fact that when Alan Pardew first turned up to manage Joey Button, Joey Button did a big speech telling him that no one wanted him there. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? Anyway, no. anyway, play your parts right. Um, Let's do it. What we do is we give you a subject. You have to go higher or lower all the way through to number 10. If you get the legendary 10th player, we'll come up with some kind of prize. Andy Brassel is the record holder at the moment with seven. Wow. He's okay. done seven And we're working answers. together here. Yeah, you guys work together against the uh, the game. And if you if you get the 10, you you, know, you get the, uh, the plaudits <laughs> as a team. So first of all, you've got to pick a number between one and five. Who wants to pick that? Presumably it's you, Jules. Uh, yeah, I'll go three. Fuck's okay. sake. <laughs> what what no would you cons- have gone for, Vish? Four. Well, three is Premier League goals. So you've got players and how right. many Premier League goals they've scored. It's actually quite a good yeah, selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, your first player, as ever, is the great uh, the great man himself, Alan Pardew, who at the time of recording has scored zero Premier League goals. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we expect that to change. So your first player, has he scored more or less, higher or lower, if you like, Premier League goals than Alan Pardew's zero? It's Romelu Lukaku. I'll let you answer this one. Nice <laughs> to isn't it? Generous. We'll go higher. Correct, that's one. So you've got one in the bank. That's safe. Okay. Okay. The next player. 
Higher or lower than 113 goals that Romelu Lukaku scored? Ooh, 113. Higher or lower? Teddy Sheringham. Higher and lower Higher. than one. Yeah, you think so? Higher. Happy with that? It's also correct. Okay, That's good. two. Good, good. Teddy Sheringham scored 146. Premier League goals. Very good. Yep. Um, so that's two in the bank. Next player, higher or lower than 146, Carlos Tevez. Mm, I'd, I'd say lower, would you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I'd say lower. Okay. Correct. Yes. Do you want to have a guess how many he scored? Um, I reckon in the eight, maybe 70 odd. 84. 84? Yeah. Okay. Next player. So you've got three in the bank. You're going great guns. Um, so that's three. The next player, higher or lower than 84 Premier League goals, the legend himself. Eric Cantona. This is one for Vish, probably. Although this is probably before Vish started supporting me. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Vish. High or lower than 84 goals, Eric Cantona. I would... What's your inkling? <laughs> My inkling... Oh, fuck off. Would, My inkling is higher. I would say lower. But let, let's, you make Don't the call because you're, you're the United fan. You make the call on this. No, you do it. You do it. All right. I'm going to go with my gut on this, which is lower. Yes! Correct. That's four. That's four. Well played. He's got 70. 70. It's kind of interesting the impact Eric Cantona had. Yeah. Isn't necessarily played out in the numbers. So Eric Cantona's got 70. The next player for your fifth player, higher or lower than 70, Sadio Mane. I'd say more. Fish, what what do you think? You'd say more for Sadio Mane? Do you not think? Think how how many seasons at Liverpool... And I'd say in all of those seasons, he's got near 20 goals. I wonder how many listeners playing along are still in the game here. And then... Four in. Prior to Liverpool, he would have scored a fair few at Saints. Oh, I don't know about 70, actually. Yeah. How the many, Cantona how was... 70. 70. How many 70 years, dead. 70, how many years has he been at Liverpool? How many seasons has he had? Is it... You need to push for an answer. You need no, to go. No, this is... This is hard, this month. Let's do the quick math. Say he's been there for four seasons. <laughs> quick maths. Yeah. If, you're so saying, if, if we're saying if we're saying 20, 20 goals Premier League though, season, so but we're saying I'd Premier League, so we're less than... minimum. Okay, so we're, we're about 60, 60 there. Plus how many he scored at Saints? I'd say more. Go on. More. Higher. Woo! Yes! Yeah, come Go on. Five. How, five. how many? You've got, he's scored 91. More than I thought. So that's mm. five. You're wow. halfway there. Okay, okay next player. Higher Come on, than, we need to beat the brass. Higher or lower than 91, Peter Crouch. Oh, that's really hard because he's played for so many freaking clubs. Higher or lower than 91, oh, lanky Peter, <laughs> <laughs> Peter Crouch. It's supposed to be hard. Shit. That's the point of it. I think it could be... Oh, um... You think it's more? I think it's more. He's got 100, hasn't he? I think he has got 100. Yeah. Let's go higher. 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 Correct, that's six. Come on. For your seventh player to equal Brussels' record. Higher or lower than 108 for Peter Crouch? Go on, Crouch. Didier Drogba. Oh. Legendary player. What a player. What a striker. 108. You got six. Is it higher or lower than 108? Didier Drogba's Premier League goals. I don't reckon many of our listeners will still be in the hunt here. Uh, How many years was he at Chelsea? Can you remember? I think he's got over 100 for Chelsea. I would say he is over 100, but he's... But it's going to be close, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if he's in the How many was 100 the... teens. Peter Crouch scored 108 Premier League goals in his I, career. I think more. I reckon he's got You reckon more, but, he, but between him and 120, yeah. I okay. think it's about 120. Let's go more. But I'm not really sure. No, more. let's don't. No, no, no. Yeah. no. Come on, you need it. to give me an answer now. My, my initial, my instinct was more. 
Okay. Let's go higher. No! You rotter! You ruined this for everyone! (laughs) Six. Six. <laughs> six players. You got six players, no! one short. Did they drop us with 104 Premier League? Ah! So it's just lower, I'm afraid. But there's a good game. You did well. And he's still got the record. Damn you, Brassel! He's, a, he's a proper God's nerd, isn't he? Yeah. He should work in the laboratory observatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he probably does. Get in the chalet, was Brassel. He, was he on his own when he did that? He was, yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Sake, yeah. Brassel. Oh, that was annoying. Well played, Fish. Well played. We you know what? That was all right. There. We started, you Did know, I, well. I told you to get fucked during the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say I'm totally proud of that. Um, I then called into question your professionalism. <laughs> and I said that BT Sport were... You know, you're a large reason why they lost the WSL gig. <laughs> you carry on this, you're not going to get but, a job at the but, CIS football but, event. But, yeah, but we, we rallied, didn't we? I rescued we? you on a Manchester United player's You goals. do, but I know, I don't know fuck all about it. Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I loved that, Luke. That was brilliant. Cool. Um, well played, Vichy boy. Uh, right, um, if you enjoyed today's show, drop us a review. Why don't you do it while you're listening now on Apple Pods or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate every single one of them. It helps any new listeners find all of our weirdness and... Uh, we like more of you listening. So uh, get yourself involved. Leave us a review um, tomorrow. Um, Andy, Jim and Marcus are here. So enjoy that. Luke, yeah, see, you later. see you later. Bye, see guys. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Right. Right. Should we do this, boys? Energy, energy now. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you look at me like that? That was really partridge, wasn't it? So weird. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Right, okay, let's go. By the way, Chabby Alonso, to mention Gladback, is like my favourite thing. Yeah. He is the fittest man ever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.